and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Transportation System. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Double Dose of Disney podcast. As always, my name is Brittany and I am joined here by my amazing husband and girl dad to our twins, Tony. On today's episode, we are talking all about the arrival and the story of our precious baby girls. If you've been following me on social media, you know that this pregnancy was anything but kind of what we expected going into pregnancy. And it's everything that God had planned out. So we couldn't pass up the opportunity to share their story now that they're here. This will be like a marker in time, obviously something that they can go back to and listen to in the future, hopefully. Um, but also something that we're really excited to share with our audience and anybody that wants to listen. So are you ready to tell our girl's story? Yeah. Like, you know, this is like a, this is like, yeah, a bonus. I know. Like, I, this is what, this is what the whole podcast is mean. Like a right. double, double, when we were going through a, a time where it's definitely not the funnest, but we had a lot of we had a lot of hope, but we had a lot of you know questions. And yeah. this is this is what brought us through. One one of the things that brought us through of starting this podcast. Like we got time, we're doing this. When the girls get here, it's gonna be a more special right double dose twins. Yeah, so we started this. And maybe if you don't listen to our podcast regularly, you just find this podcast or something like that. Um, we, my husband and I are like huge Disney fans. We've been going to Disney for, I don't know, like five years now, three years, four years. I don't know. We go to Disney a lot. Anyway, I'm a Disney travel planner and we had always talked about starting a Disney podcast. When we found out we were pregnant, it was back in April of this year, April, 2023. And we were actually supposed to be at Disney the day that we found out that we were pregnant. Um, I was going for a work trip that I was invited on and Tony was coming along with me. And then all of a sudden, like these flight prices just shot up out of nowhere. And we were like, oh, we can't go on the trip. Well, it turns out we found out that day that we were pregnant. Obviously, we didn't know it was twins. Um, and then we, but we knew like their original due date was December 25th. And we were so excited. We were like, what are the chances of that? Like, that's obviously like a God wink. So... We go to our first ultrasound at the end of May and Tony had always spoken that we were going to have twins. And I was like, no, 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 no. I just want one baby at a time to enjoy like one baby walking and all those things. So we go to our first ultrasound and the doctor that we had gone to was like, um, you're having twins and they're mono, mono twins. No, her words were... Well, this changes everything. <laughs> yeah. She said, so what, do you mean? Well, what do you mean? What do you look? What do you see? <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely extremely stressful from the start. If you don't know, mono mono twins occur in one in 10,000 pregnancies. Mono mono means mono amniotic, mono uh, chorionic. So the girls were in the same placenta and the same sac. That instantly raises the risks of things going wrong during your pregnancy. And we were told at that visit that our girls had a 50% chance of survival. So I probably will never, ever forget like walking out of our appointment and getting into the parking garage. I was crying like already in the parking garage. You remember that? I do. And I was crying. I was upset because I was like, this isn't what you think of because we were instantly told like we are going to have a ton of doctor's visits and there's a lot of unknowns. And I remember calling my mom and my mom just being like, well, I'll get through this together. But being so unsure of like, God, this is something that we had always wanted. We had prayed for a child. Like we had always wanted to have kids. And this was not like something that we expected. Yeah, because it's basically, 
you're on the mountaintop. Boom, this is awesome. This is going right. to be just like you see in the movies, like perfect, you know. And then you show up at the doctor and somebody basically chops a leg up and says, all right, I well, <laughs> uh, hope we see you again, you know. Yeah. Like, and, and to put a picture on a picture guy, like basically the girls were in a fish, like picture two yo-yos on a string in a fishbowl for eight months. Right. And hoping they don't get tangled up and something happened. That's yeah. basically the situation. No, that yeah, that was the situation. And so we were instantly just like hit with such fear. I remember we left and we went and ate like barbecue. At, well, no, we, we left the doctor's office. We didn't even take the ultrasound photos. I forgot them. I forgot my like cup. I had to go like back to go get it. We had to go back to get it the next day. We like went to go eat somewhere and we were just like, Torches. man, like the wind was just like taken out of our sails. Um, but we um, are grateful for like the community that we have around us. And one of my mom's best friends is a NICU nurse. So we ended up moving to because of the odds of the girls being in the NICU was pretty high. Um, we ended up moving to a practice that she had recommended that also worked with the hospital that she worked at because that was the highest level NICU in San Antonio. We just wanted to set ourselves up for the best situation. So we moved over to a new doctor and it was a much better experience. That doctor didn't have like, she had never delivered mono mono twins before, but it, again, it's a one in 10,000 pregnancy. So it's extremely rare for someone to have done that. Um, but like, I don't know, just like looking back on it, it's like, oh, you have little faith, you know, like that God wouldn't have shown up and been as faithful as he was because that's who he is. Yeah, definitely this past season, obviously, hands down, hardest season. 1,000%. Trying season. It just felt like. Yeah, we didn't, you know, you hope for the best. You see you see nothing but positive on every right. December went to, but, you know, it's just that situation you're just like, man. Are we actually going to see this? Right. Like, are we we going to see this through? Yeah. And like the day after we found out we were pregnant, I felt like God woke me up and told and gave me the promise that it was going to be a complication free pregnancy. And so we literally like on our hardest days would have to stand on that. And I've shared, if you follow me over on Instagram, I have a whole highlight about like overcoming anxiety. And in like a couple of years before I had always struggled with anxiety and depression then Tony and I got married and it really like decided to just like rear its ugly head. And so God had like broken those things off of like my life of like struggling with a cycle of anxiety and depression. So I was like, I'm not going back there. We chose like not to listen to what the world's risks were because we knew that we serve a God who doesn't go off the world's risks. But at the same time, as easy as it to say that like now in our flesh, it was like a daily reminder and a daily battle that we had to go up against. Yeah, so bringing it back to Disney. <laughs> I mean, this is why we started this podcast, though, too. It's like the reason why we always right. liked Disney, even from like during COVID when all that started, because it kept us in a place like in the bubble. 1,000%. So even with the girls, with the, with this whole thing, that's why we started this podcast. Yeah. Like, we, we just choosing to, choosing to stay in this place. Like just like their, their nursery, we started building their, we started building their nursery in probably, July. Yeah, and through all of this, basically putting paint on the walls, things like that we, having faith. Yeah, doing stuff we didn't, you know, we're like, man, I 
hope that these girls actually make her. This is going to be a big old waste of time. Like, this is going to be, you know, like, we're buying car seats, and I can't remember the, <laughs> how yeah. dumb we felt. We, you, we were, you didn't even look pregnant yet. <laughs> no, I didn't look pregnant. Bye 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 Baby was going out of business, and so we went to go buy a car seat when it was, like, at a discount. And um, we only had one car seat, and I was like, is that because we're going to lose one of the babies? Like, that that was the risk that we were told. We were told that they have an incredibly high risk of entangling themselves and unfortunately not making it to um, to delivery or that there is going to be fetal demise of one of the twins. Um, it's standard practice with mono mono twin pregnancies to go to 34 weeks is like the farthest stretch that you can go to. Most of the time they try to get you to deliver at like 28 to 32 weeks or um, the other and the other thing that is common practice for mono mono twin pregnancies is that most women live in the hospital um, beginning at like 28 weeks or 20, I'm sorry, 24 weeks until they deliver. When we found out that we were pregnant, I left when we found out it was this time of type of pregnancy, I left the doctor's office and I like got on TikTok and typed in mono mono twin pregnancies. I didn't know that, that it was common practice for women to live in the hospital, but immediately I saw a ton of women that were living in the hospitals. And I was like, you're telling me that the best that our medical, like the best like medical, what do you call it? Like practices is for women to live in hospitals for 10 weeks at a time. And I was like, as someone who overcame anxiety and depression, that would send me right back there. So we spent like the next eight months advocating for ourselves, advocating for the girls. It was exhausting, but it was 1000% worth it. Yeah. Just like, you know, there's a lot of takeaways. If anybody's going to something similar like this, like, Man, you definitely, you have to just, and you, you, you would hope in their day and age, like, doctors have it figured out. Right. Something happens, there's a, there's a plan, it's the best one, there's answers, and like, but at the end of the day, like, call it plain as the day, like, going back to COVID, man, we don't know it all. Right. So, like, even with this, when we were with the girls, like, we had to do research, take advice from doctors, make our own educated decisions. Yeah. Not that we're playing God, but at the end of the day, we still had to decide, okay, if these girls, if we deliver like the doctors want us to at... 20 something to 32 like it's looking way different and we may have some long-term issues but they may not even make it if we try to do it past that too so right but i mean you gotta you gotta take both and both you know both hands and you gotta make that decision but yeah we in in like tony said like not to discredit doctors or the medical field at all they are amazing we started seeing a high-risk doctor at 20 weeks the first high-risk doctor that we went to um, she told us like very honestly, she said, just so you know, there's only so much I can do. And we said, right. And that is where we have to lean on God to do the rest. And what Tony said about like playing God is it's very easy in a situation like this to be like, okay, I'll just play God. And we had to put our faith in God and say like, God, when do you want these girls to be born? The girls were born on November 14th and, um, it took like every strength, like it took like every fiber of our being to advocate for. Like we're not having them before it's medically necessary to do so. And if thirty four weeks, as long as we can go, as long as they look good, we're good. We're gonna keep going. Um, so we chose not to live in the hospital because, again, I felt like mentally, like I knew everything that I felt was something that the girls would feel. And if I was depressed, if I was anxious, that wouldn't be good for them. And I felt like they weren't going to do better for that. So we said, unless it was medically necessary for the girls, 
we weren't going to live in the hospital. So we declined a lot of things. And it, my doctor literally looked at me one day and was like, you give me heart palpitations every time we come in. But at the same time, like we just knew we had nothing else to do in this situation. Our hands were completely tied and it all had to be on God. Yeah. I mean, so going back, I can put in more like emphasis on the whole thing. Like that first, one of the first high risk um, doctors I, I play at, play and asked her like, so what's, you know, what can you do? And she right. said nothing. I mean, all they can do is look, all they could do is just look at the sonograms and all the, you know, the images and just see what's going on. Yeah. And there, you know, if something, you know, look off, deliver if possible. Right. So it was just like, man, there's, you know, it's not, you know, coming here every day, living in the hospital. There's that's for this situation at that time. Yeah. It was, was not going to change anything. Yeah. And like, you know, just like I, I woken up that night and I felt like God was telling me that it was complica- going to be a complication for your pregnancy. It literally was the entire way through. We stood on that promise and we watched it come true. And, um, I felt great my entire pregnancy. Like granted at the end, I was like pretty much like not bed bound, but what do you call it? Like on bed rest because I had two little girls inside of me that were kicking the, like kicking me like in the stomach and everything like that. Um, and I had a lot of back pain and stuff like that, but I was like, the girls were perfectly healthy. Um, we, when you go for a mono, mono twin pregnancy, like to a high risk doctor, the biggest thing that they can monitor with you is the cord flow to the girls. Um, and so every visit I would, I would kind of hold my breath as they were scanning me and I would look over at Tony and we would hear that's what they, they call them Dopplers. And, um, we would see the Doppler cord flow to each of the girls. And as long as that looked good, our agreement was we were going to keep going. And so every time it looked good, it was like, okay, this is a breath of fresh air. Like we're just going to keep going. That and they do measurements every time. Right. So for this is like, you know, they measure and do, you know, which they're not 100% accurate, but there's a good... They were pretty accurate. Which you found out they're pretty close, but they they told, but they're 20% varying on, but yeah, so cord flow and then measuring each one to make sure if there's a huge gap, because there was a, there was a gap at one point, Henley was, was... She was baby A. Baby A, yeah. Baby A Henley was showing smaller... Then so, Bentley, who's baby B. If that gap was going to continue, then that was going to be a big issue determining how long they're able to stay in there. Yeah, and that was thing. that was really cool. Like, so I, I don't remember what week that was, but we went to the doctors one week, and they would only measure the babies every two weeks. And when they're measuring the babies, they're measuring the tops of their heads, and then they're also measuring like the length to their feet. They're measuring their femurs, and then they're also measuring from like head to like rump. Circumference of their head. Yeah, circumference of their head, head to rump, and then the length of their femurs, and that's giving them like an estimated valuation of what they will weigh. Um, it was at one point during pregnancy because they only did that every two weeks that they said. Henley, who was baby A, was measuring smaller than Bentley, who was baby B. And because the girls are monozygotic twins, meaning that they are genetically identical, they should have very similar weights. And I think she was like 10 ounces. I want to say Henley was like 10 ounces smaller than Bentley. So we left and we all started praying. Like everybody, the our community group, our family, our friends, um, on social media. Like I was like very honest and very transparent about everything that we were going through the whole time and asking for prayers. And then all of a sudden, like that gap started to close. And when the girls were born, they were two ounces apart. And Henley actually is still bigger than Bentley. Then we, that we know. That we yeah. Yeah. Unless Henley and Bentley switch, but at the end of the day, they were almost identical in weight. No, they were. And Bentley, has the 
personality of the Bentley that we would see like on the ultrasound photos. We went to over 25 doctor's appointments. So we got to see the girls a ton more than most people do. Um, and on the ultrasounds, Bentley would always be like doing things that are kind of crazy. And that's who Bentley is as a person outside of my belly. So I feel pretty confident about that. Um, when the girls were at 28 weeks, they, that was actually at 28 weeks. That was when they found out that's when they said that Bentley was a little bit smaller than Henley because, um, they had, we had a doctor who told us that they could do a C-section the next week. And we were like, "Mm, no, we're not agreeing to that. And then I, I, what I would do is I would go back to people that we knew in the medical field and ask, okay, if we decided to do this what does this look like? And they would tell us that the out- what the outcome would look like potentially. And we'd be like, nope, we're going to keep going and we're just going to trust in God. Yeah. I mean, I said, I guess it goes hand in hand. Like, cause we were still taking the advice and like, right. What the only things that we could, we could lean on of the doctors and like the, what the, what monitors were showing. But at the end of the day, yeah, there's still the variables showing up every time. Like, man, something's going to change overnight. Yeah. And so what was cool was, um, we got to, I want to say it was like 30 weeks and I went to go see my doctor, um, my OB and I said, um, can we get our C-section scheduled? And she said, sure. She said, I'll have somebody call you to schedule it. And then, um, Tony and I started praying about like, she had given me like three dates as options. And one of the dates was November 14th and number 14 means double the number of completion. And I was like, oh, well that's perfect because there's two of them because of all the risks we've been told and everything like that. That would be perfect if that was the day, but like, let's see what God wants to do. The next morning, my, someone from my doctor's office called and like, didn't even give me the option of the day and said, it's already scheduled for November 14th. So we were like, okay, that's God. So we had the girls on November 14th. Henley was three pounds, 11 ounces and Bentley was three pounds, 13 ounces. Um, the girls ended up having just a little bit of issues with like their, um, Henley did with her lungs. She was on a CPAP briefly. Um, then they had little nasal cannulas in the nose just to help them like get some oxygen. Um, and then they had, um, NG tubes in their nose as well to kind of help them because when babies are born before, um, 36 weeks, they don't tend to know how to like suck from a bottle and stuff like that. But, very quickly the girls kind of climbed the rank in the NICU to be put like outside of like the traditional NICU into like the intermediate care area um and it was like I don't know it's just like they just blow us away because every single time they're like this isn't normal and we're like if there's one thing we've learned about our girls is they're not normal you know yeah nothing surprised us Right. <laughs> talked to nurses and doctors every single day. Half of them didn't even know mono mono twins even or even. No. And then half of them in the Or they were like, wait, that's common practice? Well, when we hear like, man, they don't, they typically don't, they don't know how to do this at 34 weeks. They're like, well, that's, not, it ain't surprising. They're God's girls. That's not surprising to us. Yeah, no, you, definitely. You know, if you were with us, you know, months before and seeing what, you know, everybody said was even a possibility of a coin flip happening. Right. Sucking on a bottle ain't nothing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's just so crazy, like, being on the other side of it. The girls spent 16 days in the NICU. We were told that they would probably be there until their due date, which, again, was Christmas Day. And we knew from the start, like, there was no coincidence of the day of their original due date being Christmas Day. Um, And we held on to that, too, as a promise from God, like, that um, everything was going to be fine with them. So they spent 16 days in the NICU just learning how to breathe and eat and everything like that. And they came home with us, um, last Thursday. Yeah. And we were less than a week in. Yeah. We are doing it. Yep. We're and we're having so much it. fun. 
We have very transparently slept on the living room floor the last two nights. Um, the but girl. <laughs> no, we never spent the night on the living room floor. Before I was pregnant, we would do like palette night. We'd watch a movie in front of the TV. But um, the girls have been like really congested. And we took them to the pediatrician today. Everything's fine. But they have this like um, this like twin like pillow setup that they like to sleep on that's at an incline and so we tried putting them in their beds last night they were not having it and we were like never mind we're just sleeping on the living room floor so we are having so much fun with them we are so grateful for everyone who's followed along with our pregnancy um for your prayers and everything like that now you know the reason why it's called the double dose of disney podcast because our girls are a double dose of disney magic um every single day and they always will be we are so excited to get to like go to Disney and create memories as a family of four and like share that content. Which we have a current trip booked for February. Yes, we have a trip booked for February. And we're super excited to take them. Um, the girls are actually like, they're little angels. Everyone's like, are y'all getting sleep? And we're like, yeah, like... They were in the NICU, and so they were put on, like, (laughs) they were put on a schedule, which makes it easier. Um, Having time in the NICU is also something that I wanted to just kind of touch on briefly. Like, if you are someone who is going through having a child in the NICU or you have, my heart goes out to you, um, that was not an easy thing to do. And even though our journey there was only 16 days, it was something that, like, just felt exhausting. So to get to have them home for the last... um, Almost week has been just such a blessing to kind of like readjust to life, not being at the hospital and hearing monitors and stuff like that. But um, yeah, our girls are our double dose of Disney magic. Even on our hardest days, we just like held on to the fact that we um, would trust in God and we buried our heads in the sand and watched a heck of a ton of Disney content because we couldn't be at the parks ourselves. But we are so excited to get back there. And that's kind of our hope with this podcast, too, is that we get to share family content and that we get to share what it's like to um, go to Disney as a family and to create memories as a family. I think sometimes right now, like in society, it's easy to kind of go off and do your own thing. But we truly believe in like making those memories as a family because you only get to do it one time. We don't want to miss anything. Yeah. I mean, Disney's fun, but it's not life. Right. There is real life outside of Disney. What? Yeah. Just like this. Yeah. So on an honest note, yeah. If any, if you're going through something like this and you want some kind of, you know, someone to walk alongside you, someone to ask questions to you or something that we can like, you know, anything you touch on, like reach out to us. Yeah, definitely. We may not even know anything, but if, you know, give us a shot on something like, yeah. that, you know, it's something similar to their story or your, you know, whatever. I, I mean, think that's the coolest. We're not here just for Disney. Yeah, no. And I think that that's the coolest thing about all of this. I said on um instagram yesterday i made like my final like um, weekly pregnancy update that i was sharing to tiktok and one of the things that i've become so passionate about during this entire experience is a lot of people don't realize like when you're going through a situation you don't necessarily have to agree with like the medical advice you can look at like different options and things like that and of course there's parameters around it like i couldn't go past 34 weeks with my pregnancy but at the same time, like you don't necessarily have to just like fold in and agree to everything. Is it exhausting to advocate for yourself? 1000%. But, but it's it also now. worth I mean, it. Yeah. We're not trying to rant and rave and say, man, we did everything. We didn't do anything a doctor said. Look at this man. Like, no, we definitely did do things the doctor said. Pretty ignorant in a lot of situations. And it just, you know, worked out in this situation because we just knew that's what God told us to do. And right. what the science was telling us. We weren't obstinate. But there was nothing wrong. 
But like, you know, and one of the biggest things we learned in with anything now is like, you've got to advocate for yourself right. and do your own research on stuff and not just settle for what the textbook said like 30 years ago. Right. Because it's not accurate across the board for your situation every time. Yeah. And I hope, my hope was always that maybe, maybe it would like, maybe this pregnancy because it's so rare, but ours went well, maybe that would change people's minds or maybe it would, um, like it, it would be an example for if you're going through a mono mono twin pregnancy and you're scared, but everything looks great. Like don't necessarily take it as this is a doomed pregnancy because it's not. And our girls are, are proof of that. And it doesn't always end up this way. Um, and my heart goes out to anyone. It doesn't end up this way for, but at the same time, as long as things are looking good, like have faith in a God who doesn't operate off the world's risks, you know? Yep. That is, Spot on, and that was our one of our biggest takeaways. One thousand percent. So much they can do. There's only so much you can do. Yeah. And the rest is not up to us. And going back to the whole Disney thing, yes, there's real life that exists outside of Disney, but at the same time, Disney is this magical place that you get to go to and like wash away the world, the worries of the world, and it's a chosen joy. It is, and Disney to me, Tony, like sometimes rolls his eyes when I say this, but Disney is the place on this earth that mimics the joy of heaven to me. Um, and so it was this bright light to watch people vlog during that or to create Disney content myself or for us to do this podcast. And so we're so excited to continue to see like where this podcast takes us, where Disney takes us as a family, creating content and things like that. Um, and just where life takes us as a family of four, five with their dog. Mm -hmm. So that was a shortened version of our last year. Yeah. Really shortened version. Yeah. We'll probably share more of this going forward based on our podcast. And, or, uh, yeah, podcast. But that's a, that's a shortened version of why this podcast is what it is. Why no, 1,000%. And a little more about us. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have a little peek into what life has been like in 2023 for us from March until November. Um, and Well, I guess December now. But um, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. One of the girls has her eyes open in the corner, probably because it's time to eat, but also because, yeah, she's, at the wall. <laughs> I like to think she's listening to her story, but yeah, she's looking at the wall. So that's going to do crying, it. So that's good. No, they never cry. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. But as always, go ahead and um, give us a follow on the Double Dose of Disney fam. Interact with our stories and all those things because we want this to be a community um, that just grows and that you learn tips and things like that. But we also just become a community of friends over there. So please, please, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. And we will see you back here next time. See you next time.